Welcome to the Property Renovation Podcast, giving you the best tips on achieving the perfect renovation whilst making it as fun, safe, and as cost-effective as possible by hearing from experts in the industry and people that have been through the experience themselves. Let me introduce your host, four times award winner of world-leading interior design website, House, and over 16 years in the industry, renovating just over 250 properties, James Woodham. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Property Renovation Podcast. My name is Juliette, and today is all about paint. I wanted to talk quickly about the different types of paint, the different finishes, and also a few helpful tips on how to pick the right color for your project. So first, uh, let's talk about exterior paint. So there are two basic formulations of paint. The first is oil-based. This is the more traditional formulation of paint. And even today, some painters prefer oil-based paints because they go on really smooth, they are dirt resistant, and they dry really hard. And so a lot of times for an exterior finish, the smoothness and the dirt resistance and the hardness is really desirable. And a lot of painters still recommend oil-based paints over acrylic paints. Um, You can use them on the entire body of your home, but a lot of times you could also sort of use them in areas that you know you might want to clean more or areas that receive a lot of high traffic like porch floors, uh, doors, door trims, windows, and window shutters. Oil-based paints are also really great for um, areas where the paint sort of tends to stick together, especially in humid weather or hot weather when the wood swells then um, acrylic paints can tend to be a bit more tacky because they remain flexible and oil paints tend to dry really hard. So in your doors, your door jams and your window and window jams, when you're things that actually operate, when you get that sort of stickiness or the tackiness in the summer, and if you want to avoid that, those are great places to use oil-based paints. Um, One thing about oil-based paints that is worth considering, or at least knowing, is that um, the formulation with the oil does tend to make certain colors, like very light colors, they tend to yellow when they age and as they sort of harden. And so just be aware, it's generally, the formulations have, you know, continually improved as manufacturers have worked on it, but it does tend to happen with oil-based paints a bit more than with acrylic paints. And so, like I've been saying, (laughs) acrylic paints, acrylic paint is the second type of paint that is generally used today. It's called acrylic, but it's also just sort of the general category of water-based paints. Um, They used to use latex, but generally now it's truly an acrylic paint. And so you want to look for paint formulations that say 100% acrylic. Those tend to be the higher quality paints. You don't want ones with sort of vinyl resins or polymers in them. So acrylic paints are also great for exterior. They adhere well, acrylic paints adhere well to wood, to vinyl, fiber cement, and fiber cement are um, things like hardy board, sort of that concrete based uh, trim work. And then also it's good for a lot of masonry and it's, it adheres well to all of those surfaces. So Before, older paint sort of 
advice or manuals, when you would read them, they would advise you to sort of prep the surface in terms of you got to clean it up and then you got to scuff it up or, you know, use a light sandpaper on it so it gets a little bit of tooth to it. So there's a bit of roughness so that the new paint layer adheres well to it. Generally, that's not as necessary these days because, again, paint manufacturers have been continually working on their formulations. And so it's not necessary. What is necessary, though, is that even though you might not need to scuff the surface, you really want to work on a clean surface. And so even though you're not necessarily laying a whole down new whole new layer of primer on it, or you're not necessarily scuffing it up, you do need a clean, dry surface for the new layer to adhere well to the old layer. Um, other advantages of acrylics are they're flexible. And so, you know, with wood and other materials, like all materials, they change with the temperature and with humidity. And so everything moves ever so slightly on your home all the time. And so acrylics stay flexible because they're, you know, acrylic, they're plastic. And while oils dry very hard and very brittle. And so acrylics do tend to perform very well on wood. Acrylics are also easier to work with. They dry in a shorter amount of time. They have um, better coverage and it's generally easier cleanup since it's all water-based paints. Uh, for both paints, both categories, for oil and for acrylic, the best time to paint your house is when the temperature is between 50 to 80 degrees Fahrenheit, which is equivalent of 10 to 25 degrees Celsius. You also want to choose days when it's not humid. Those, that's when it, the paint is going to be easiest to work with and when you're going to have a good short dry time. Um, for the oil-based paints, you really do want to work when it's 50 to 80 degrees Fahrenheit or 10 to 25 degrees Celsius. But if you choose a high-quality acrylic paint, you can paint when it's colder. It may not be quite as easy and it may not dry quite the same, but it is possible. Before older formulations, you just generally couldn't paint when it was cold, but when you do choose a high quality acrylic, you can sort of increase that working temperature range. All right, so on to interior paints. Again, for interior paints, we have the same two basic categories of oil-based paints and acrylics. Again, just like the exterior paints, oil-based interior paints, or just oil-based paints in general, they dry very hard, they dry smooth, and they do tend to dry a bit more glossy. And so oils are really great for woodwork, doors, windows, and floors, any area that might get a lot of abuse or high traffic. Um, however, for most interior paint jobs, you, the majority of projects are done with the acrylic paints. Um, largely in part because, one, they're the most popular these days because they're easy to work with, and so the paint selection is greater, but also because, especially in an interior environment, acrylic paints have a much lower VOC count, and VOCs stand for um, volatile organic compound. And so just in terms of the health and the quality of your indoor air, acrylic paints are better and a bit healthier. So... Again, both are really great finishes. You can find high quality in both acrylic and in oil. It just very much depends sort of on the finish that you want and the type of application. So it's as long as you choose a high quality paint, in some ways it's hard to go wrong. 
Where you can go wrong, though, is when you are switching from a latex or from an acrylic-based paint to an oil-based paint. You do need to be a bit careful in terms of knowing what paint is on the surface and the paint that you're going to put on top of that. So when you're switching from one formulation to another, an oil-based primer will work going in both directions, whether you're going from oil to acrylic or acrylic to oil. Um, however, if you are going from oil to acrylic, you can use uh, an acrylic-based primer. So obviously, if you're going from oil to oil, using an acrylic-based primer is a bit nonsensical. All right, so on to finishes. Going from the least shine to the most, you the finishes go something like matte, eggshell, satin, semi-gloss, gloss, and then high gloss. So matte is generally, you know, the least reflective. Um, it's actually not as popular as you would think. It tends to give off, however, a more cozy feel because it doesn't reflect light. It's, um, regardless of the color in that way, it tends to be a bit warmer of a feel because the way the light bounces around in the room. Um, however, if you need an area, again, that's going to be high traffic or you're going to want to be able to wash something, the shinier the finish, the more washable or the more scrubbable that finish is. Those finishes do tend to be more durable. However, the shinier or the more reflective your paint is, the more surface imperfections it'll pick up. Since it's uh, more reflective, every single little bump, air bubble, tiny bit of crack or patch that you're painting over the light will bounce off of all of those little imperfections more, highlighting them a bit. Um, areas that are generally receive more of a high gloss or a shinier finish without sort of, I think, getting that same sort of, wow, I'm highlighting all of my surface imperfection feels, tend to be trim work, woodwork, doors. Again, all sort of those same elements that you would tend to see a higher shine finish in the exterior. It's all of those sort of accent details. And because I think generally from the wall to the trim, you go from one material to another, your eye doesn't register the surface imperfections the same way because instead of just highlighting a huge field, flat field like a wall and all the surface imperfections, <clears throat> you're sort of drawn to probably the different details and the molding and the casing, the way the light hits off of those. All right. So paint colors. Paint colors is probably one of the hardest and most personal decisions you can make about paint. Um, I know that there's online a ton of articles and about you know the 10 best grays or the five best whites you can pick for your house. I've actually talked to a lot of interior designers about this, and they tend to think, and I agree with them, that a lot of those articles, while a great place to start and very helpful, a lot of them can be a bit like clickbait because just because a paint color looks great in a photo, that doesn't mean it's going to look great in your home because pretty much everything in a room affects the way that paint color is viewed. It's You need the same... I mean, if you wanted the same look in the photo in your house, you would need both the same lighting, both the natural light and the artificial light. You would need 
the same window coverings. You would need the same opacity of window coverings, the same amount of light coming through them. The color floor, the finish, the color of the floor, the finish of your um, the finish of your floor, and the finish of the paint itself, of course, uh, all of your furniture, all of those things affect the way the light bounces around the room, the way color will bounce around the room, and the way your eye will read the color. So it's a great place to start, but you can't count on it was great in this picture, and therefore it'll look great in my room. So knowing that, how do you find the best color for your room? The best thing to do is you just spend the bit of time and the bit of money to get swatches for your room and to paint them. So when you paint a swatch of color in your room, or say you're trying to choose between three colors, you should paint, the swatches shouldn't just be a dab here and a dab there. In order to get a really good idea of sort of the feel that it'll have and how it'll look in your room, you want your swatch of color to probably be two feet by two feet square and paint probably two squares of that swatch in your room. Paint one in the brightest area of your room and paint one swatch in the darkest area of your room because the way the light and the shadows will hit it will change it drastically and it even changes a lot whether or not that surface is getting direct light or reflected light. <clears throat> Excuse me. So also another great thing to do is if you're going to have a new color of paint on your wall and you're going to have the trim color in that swatch that you're painting also swatch in a stripe of the trim color again in the brightest part of the room and the darkest part of the room in fact if you have a bit of spare trim that you can paint that would be even better because then you're seeing the paint on the actual material in the right finish next to the swatch and of course, hopefully <laughs> you need the swatch of the main color to also be in the correct finish. So in the room, it's great if you can have the exact color in the exact finish, one in the brightest part of the room and one in the darkest part of the room. And if you have a piece of sample trim in the same color and the same finish that you're going to do for the final project, you can hold that up to sort of both swatches and get a better feel for how that's going to look. And also, again, just sort of a very quick little bit about color theory <clears throat> is how if the, when you have two colors next to each other, the way your eye reads that color can really vary. Like say you're wearing, you know, a black shirt and a pair of black jeans. They're, you look at them and they're both like, oh, it's a black shirt and a black jeans. But when you wear them both together, neither of them are obviously true black and both of them are a different shade of black. So when you're picking out, say, between two grays or blues, it really doesn't matter. When you put those two colors right on top of each other, when the two similar colors are right next to each other, your eye will tend to highlight the differences. So whether it be a red undertone, a green undertone, etc. And so when you put the two swatches on the wall and you're trying to decide between the two, it'd be great to sort of put, you know, just a few inches between the two, just enough so when you stand back, and you look at the color, you can kind of cover one up with your hand while looking at it. Because what you want to do is you really want to be able to judge that one color on its own. When you judge them next to each other, it's not giving either color really a fair chance because the way your eye reads them, those two very similar colors next to each other, 
that's not how going how your eye is going to read them once they're installed in the final room. So other last bits is when you're doing an interior job or an exterior job, use painter's tape. And it's painter's tape is, um, it's not the fun part of the job necessarily, but it's really worth taking your time to mask off all those areas well. I would, the jobs that I've done, I've usually spent more time taping and masking than I have actually painting. And then you want to peel off that painter's tape also when the paint is also just slightly damp or else when you paint, pull it off when it's dry, you can get little flakes or larger chips that pull off with the paint, which obviously you don't want. And another last um, tip is when you are painting a new color, look first very closely at the seam between your wall and the ceiling. Because sometimes when you're just dealing with a very light color of paint, and sometimes painters or the owner before you may have overpainted their wall, so that main body color of the wall is on the ceiling. But since it's a very light or a neutral color, your eye might not notice it. So when you're painting, though, a new color, say a dark, bold color, and then that color is up against, say, the light gray, which is then bleeds into more of a white ceiling. Before, it was all sort of neutral and you're just sort of washed out with your eye. But once that very clean line of a bold color is there, then, again, back to color theory, your eye will be able to pick up much more easily the difference between the lighter neutral color, if that was overpainted on the ceiling, and the main body color of the ceiling. And so I know a lot of times we don't paint our ceilings because it's an area where we can sort of save on budget and it's not, you know, it's generally not where we're spending most of our time looking. But it is worth looking at sort of all the, the, the boundary between the wall and the ceiling in your room before you head out to the store to buy paint because you may need to paint the ceiling even if you don't want to. All right, guys, so that's it for today. And I hope you're having a beautiful spring and best of luck with all of your painting projects. Thanks. If you're planning a renovation or you're moving into your first new home, then the Akiva Toolkit could be the solution you need. With its easy-to-use package of 10 documents, you are able to manage time, budget, and the communication between your builders and you to ensure the project is complete to satisfaction first time round. The Akiva Toolkit saves you money and time. It's for the first-time renovator and the renovator that wants to do things better the second time round. It's a fraction of the cost compared to paying for mistakes or repeating work that's already done. Go to akivatoolkit.com and get your project off to a perfect start today.